Episode 339 of the BizTalk podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm editor Kirk Seminoff. Dr. Tisa Mason, the president of Fort Hayes State University, was in Wichita recently to meet with alumni and donors, so it was a great time to get her on the podcast to talk about higher education in Kansas, particularly in western Kansas. Fort Hayes State has to be more than simply the four-year institution that educates the western half of our state and has worked on expanding enrollment both in person and online. More with Dr. Mason in a minute. But first, here's a look at what's in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Our cover story this week looks at a Wichita company called True Blue Power and its work on the NASA Quest mission plane from Lockheed Martin that could reduce the noise level of a sonic boom. True Blue is a division of Mid-Continent Avionics, and reporter Alice Minette looks at the battery that will be on board. The cover story begins on page 12. Our list this week is Acute Care Hospitals. There are seven in our four-county area, and we list them all and the number of patients they had inside their walls over the past year. The list is on page 8. Our Women Who Lead series returns with a look at top women professionals in real estate, construction, and design. Meet these industry leaders beginning on page 15. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 31. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Tisa Mason is president of Fort Hayes State University, and she joins us on the podcast this week. Tisa, it's good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, you're into your sixth year as president, but this is also your second stint at Fort Hayes, and I know you you are from Massachusetts originally. Just kind of take me to your, through your career path and how you got to the Midwest and, and why you've stayed. Yeah, um, great memory, first of all. <laughs> um, so I am a first-generation college student. We talk a lot about first-gen. And so I grew up in Western Mass, and I uh, did my college fair kind of tour um, without touring in campus. I didn't know how, as a first-generation student, how to select a college. But I bumped into this amazing person recruiting for Transylvania University in Lexington, Kentucky. Never been to Kentucky, knew nothing about it. But he made me feel so comfortable, that, and they gave me a nice financial aid package Mm -hmm. that I got on a plane for the very first time in my life and flew down to bluegrass country, and that's where I did my my undergraduate studies. That had to take a lot of nerve on your part to get on a plane and go to a place you'd never been before. It took a lot of courage and leap of faith. And when Mm -hmm. I look back among, uh, when I look back on my career, I see that there were a lot of leaps of faith. Uh huh. And so that's kind of cool. So how did you get from Kentucky into the Midwest and then stay? So Kentucky, you know, part of mid-America, mm-hmm. uh, from there led me to a master's degree at Eastern Illinois University. Mm-hmm. And then from Eastern Illinois, I, had a, a, I was a assistant dean of students at a small private, Hanover College in Indiana. Known graduate there would be Woody Harrelson. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
So um, from Hanover College, I took out a job back out east again at uh, Christopher Newport University in Newport News, Virginia. Mm-hmm. From there, I took a little bit of a twist in my career. I was contacted by my national sorority and asked about uh, moving to Indianapolis to run the foundation and the sorority, a nonprofit. And one of my professors from William & Mary was teaching at IU, so I was also had a graduate appointment to teach higher education classes. So after that, uh, I decided it's time to get back in higher ed. I ended up at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater as dean of students. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, I landed as vice president of student affairs at Fort Hayes State University. And that's the first of your two stints there. Yep. Uh, why do you love... Uh, the college atmosphere and, and working on campuses so much? You know, college changed my life for the better in so many ways. Um, it, w- it really was transformative. And that's kind of one of those, you know, high dollar word that doesn't really mean to people unless they have a personal experience. But it was amazing, the trajectory, to think that a kid that wasn't even sure she could go to college, my mom drove school bus and helped my grandfather's business, my dad was a barber, and I am a university president with a doctorate. <laughs> I mean, I can't even believe it sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, so so that was that was part of my journey um, in, in higher education. I've really lost track of your tra- your uh, question, so I apologize for that. <laughs> oh, no problem. You started at Fort Hayes in, in, in 2008 and spent about six years there. And then Ed Hammond, who had been there, mm-hmm. I'll say forever, it was, it was over 30 years as, as president. 27, I believe, or okay. something like that, close to 30. Okay. Uh, was leaving as president. Uh, you put your name in and weren't hired, uh, but you you found another opportunity to be a college president. Yes. So the search firm um, that was running that search said, "Hey, we've been we have a, a new client up in North Dakota, and we think you're the perfect match for it." And so I submitted my materials, and I mean that's a pretty quick turnaround from. Um, two applications to university president. Mm -hmm. And it was, I always loved Valley City State University because I felt like it was a small Fort Hayes. And I was at home there. And three years later, there was a turnover and I was called. (laughs) How cold did it get in Valley City? City? Very cold. (laughs) Very cold. Not not as much worse than than Fort Hayes America, right? Yeah, I I actually kept on my weather app Fort Hayes and Valley City so I could see if we were colder or hotter. And there's usually a great degree difference. Mm -hmm. A lot of where I lived had a lot of the same um, topography as as Kansas when you flew in. But the wind wasn't as consistent Mm -hmm. in North Dakota as it is in western Kansas. I I I can see that. What was it about wanting to get back to Fort Hayes when that, when that opportunity came? Um, of course, I loved Fort Hayes State. I knew leaving when President Hammond was leaving that that was the right decision for me. Um, I really, it, it's really part of my God story. I really felt called to go there. Um, and when I got called to come back, it was a very difficult decision. It was an easy decision to go back to Fort Hayes, it was a very difficult decision to leave Valley City because I felt like I made a commitment to the people. Um, they did hire me on a three-year contract, which I fully completed. Mm-hmm. Um, but the moment that I walked in and was announced at a, a surprise announcement to the university community, 
the love just poured out and, and I knew it was the right decision and I knew I was led to do that even though I had to leave Valley City to, to come back. Mm-hmm. Fort Hay State, under your direction, took, took a, a, an enrollment surge uh, into the pandemic. Pandemic hurt all university mm-hmm. enrollments everywhere. Uh, and it's kind of dipped a little bit ever since. What what has gone on since the pandemic at Fort Hay State as far as keeping getting students and recruiting students, which is so important, but but keeping them as well. Yeah. So we had 19 consecutive years of growth. That's pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. And so we did take a dip this year. We were only down um, less than one percent, um, and we got some really good indicators. We're up in freshmen. We're up in Kansans. We're up in retention. We're up in contracts. Our biggest um, dip has been in online learners, which makes sense because we were in that space decades ahead of everyone else. And it has been um, one of our biggest serving uh, opportunities for students returning and continuing their education. Um, And then with the pandemic, everybody got into online. And all of a sudden, the market got crowded. They got crowded with more name-recognizable universities. Um, and even though we feel like we have high quality that we've been perfecting this for 20 years, that's hard to tell, at least at this point in the trajectory of all of these institutions in higher education. You get no credit for doing it first. No, doing, no, doing no. It well. it, right. Um, but we have, we have our fans and um, we've got some, some new plans in, uh, in digital and online learning and a digital master plan and... Um, really getting more in tune with business and industry, especially with our affiliation. So we've got um, really a lot of irons in the fire that I think are going to help us continue to thrive and most importantly, maintain our mission as an accessible, affordable institution that's delivering quality degrees and having an impact on the world. Mm-hmm. Folks who might not know a lot about Fort Hayes State might think you're the college in Kansas that serves the western part of the state. It's You've got to be much more than that, I yes. know. And when we talked a couple of years ago, you had talked about a regional tuition plan, that pretty big region that went from Illinois to, to Arizona. Uh, Talk about how that's gone over the past couple of years, and are you seeing the, the fruits of that? We are. We've seen an uptick in some of, of course, we've always had a pretty good pull from especially eastern Kansas, uh, eastern Colorado, mm-hmm. um, and a good pull from Nebraska. We've picked up some more in Oklahoma and also some of the other surrounding states. So that regional tuition is basically an equivalent to our on-campus rate, which is extremely afford- affordable. Um, one of the things that we're excited about with the affiliation with Northwest Tech and North Central Tech is that we can help deliver different types and more degrees and help, um, market in areas that they don't have access to. And we should, uh, we should explain for some listeners that who may not know what Northwest Tech and North Central Kansas Tech are. They're, they're. Technical colleges, two-year yes. technical colleges, yes. and you're going to have to help me with the towns. Goodland, yeah. Beloit, and North Central has a Beloit and a Hayes campus. Gotcha. Okay. And so we've had a long partnership with the Hayes campus for North Central Tech because when they put the campus there, instead of duplicating student services, we created a gateway program, and their students come over to our campus. They have a student ID. They use our health services, our tutoring services. Uh, they go to athletic events. They live in our residence halls if they choose to. Mm-hmm. And they didn't ever have to duplicate. 
So we just worked together seamlessly, and this affiliation is building off that in new and very innovative ways. Mm-hmm. I'm always curious to ask education leaders. Um, we do so many stories where we talk about uh, 20-somethings getting into the workforce, and, and business leaders will tell us, this is a different generation. They, whether it's coming through the pandemic or whatever it is, and I've got a daughter who's in this generation, that they have expectations that are a little different once they enter the workforce um, that, that maybe you and I didn't have and even folks in their 30s might not have who are just out of those 20-somethings. Do you see that in, in, at the college level too, or do they wait to, to, to get that until they're out of the school? You know, I, I don't know why, but the culture of our campus is pretty remarkable. And when we first kind of reopened fully from the pandemic, you saw some some slag and engagement, but the engagement is really up. Our students just seem to be um, respectful, excited, hardworking, and that's part, that grit and determination is part of that Western Kansas culture, and it it permeates our on-campus population. And so we've been really excited. We do a lot of you know, internships. Right now we're working on our first set of micro internships for our cybersecurity institute. Mm-hmm. And so students in the cybersecurity institute space are now going to go out into small and medium-sized businesses. And there's a menu of services they can do complementary for the businesses, small and medium-sized business, from um, doing a, a, a um, compliance audit on cybersecurity, building a safe website for them, helping them navigate cybersecurity insurance policies. What do you need? Do you need it? Is it too much? Is it not enough? What what do you need? Mm -hmm. The great part about that story, besides helping businesses, and we've got lots of examples of that across campus, is then we will not only help solve that problem, but they will then become mentors to our students on the soft skills. Okay, they're great at cybersecurity. Can they communicate to the client? Can they get good feedback? Are we getting high quality reports back? Um, How are their communication skills? Mm -hmm. And so that's, um, we still see that there's work in that space that needs to be done. And with some of these innovations and and helping drive workers to help small and medium sized businesses, which is important to rural communities. It's just a win-win. Mm-hmm. I just heard from a nonprofit owner the, or a, a president the other day who was talking about the soft skills for, for this generation of student coming into the workforce that they're on their phones, they email, they text, they're on Instagram to communicate that you know, making a phone call isn't that normal to them as it right. is to us. Right. Uh, so it's that type of stuff you're talking about. Right. And I think companies, uh, business and industry also deal with some of those those skills. But in terms of our, our classroom and our on-campus engagement, we're really pleased with what we see. But we know that we need to, and pre-pandemic, we needed to work on some of those soft skills as well. That's been present in higher education for a long time, actually. Pandemic or no pandemic. Exactly. Uh, let's talk about some of the things, other things you have going on on campus. I know one thing is an investment analytics lab that has to be yeah. of interest to business listeners and readers. Yes. Yeah, so we have a Blo- uh, Bloomberg terminal for our finance majors, which that is a major that is growing on our campus. We have 20 something terminals, I believe. And so our students actually have real money. They have an investment fund. They're doing academic experiences. They're doing investment in there. And so when they get into the field, 
um, this won't be anything new to them. And so it's a pretty remarkable hands-on experience. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that we always try and design around is how do we do application that is relevant and is going to give our students a leg up when they get to their careers. Why do you think there are more finance majors right now? <laughs> well, um, I have heard from even our accounting um, business majors in our accounting faculty that um, the accounting field is just getting really difficult hmm. from um, hiring standards, um, work expectations, work exp expectations for the 20-something generation, and that there is uh, some of the accounting students are moving more to the finance where it's uh, they've got more options and less potential pressure. Mm -hmm. I say that with a, a grain of caution because I don't really know a lot. I'm just kind of um, repeating something that I've heard. It's mm -hmm. not tested, and, and we need good accountants too. So right. I don't want to push that <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what are some of the other big things you have going on on campus right now? So, um, boy, we have so much going in. Our, health, our behavioral health and our STEM sciences are growing like crazy. Um, you might have seen in Wichita this fall, we have a new partnership with the Kansas um, College of Osteopathic Medicine. Mm -hmm. So we have three students there right now who did three years at Fort Hayes State University and started a year early at medical school saving a lot of money, mm -hmm. and um, they will then, those credits will transfer back, and they'll get their Fort Hayes degree, and they'll cut a year off of medical school. Wow. We think that's super cool. <laughs> We've got different arrangements with a lot of, we've always been strong in partnerships. You know, so we have a great uh, dual degree with K-State in engineering, and our students get to start off in small classes with really talented faculty. And so by the time they get to K-State for a dual degree in engineering, they are so well-grounded. They have no problems at all. Mm -hmm. um, although not a dual degree, we have a great relationship with our sciences, particularly in chemistry, and the KU pharmacy program. So we have, we have a program there. We have a great program with Washburn Law, so we can they can leave again after three years and start Washburn Law School. So we're we also have our early college program with the CAMS, the Academy of Math and Science, where students come their junior year of high school and finish their high school degree and their college degree at the same time, or at least their first two years, mm -hmm. on our campus. So we're always looking for our pathways from all ages, from adult learners to um, early early entry to um, early entry into career pathways. Do you find, and this is just a experience I have with my daughter as she was looking at colleges, that, that, that students and parents are really looking for opportunities to make sure that all of their AP courses or international baccalaureate courses or anything that, that has been associated with college credit can work at your campus. How important is that when you are recruiting? It's, it's always important. And of course, our community college partnerships are always looking at that, the Board of Regents, to make sure that people don't lose credits um, when they move forward. It has been an issue. Um, there are ways to do that. We've been pretty good, I think, in streamlining and being a strong partner. You know, if they go two years to another school and they're in a whole total major and they're not working on Gen, N, Gen Ed, 
then that sometimes can be a challenge. And that makes sense when you switch major, even if you're in institution and you spend a lot of time in this major and then you decide near the end that you want that major in a whole different college, there's going to be some courses to make up. But we try um, and work with our students. We have um, a great competency-based program as well, and we lit, try to do credit for prior learning um, and just helping people to make sure that they're meeting our educational outcomes and any barrier that we can remove, we want to do that. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, collaborations and partnerships. I'm assuming that a, a, a city the size of Hayes, you're getting a lot of buy-ins from businesses and companies who are already there who, who think it's important to work with the university and students. Absolutely. And, and everybody's looking for um, employees these days. Mm-hmm. And as you know, everybody needs to upskill, reskill. Work is changing. New jobs are being created. Existing jobs are going away. AI is going to have a profound influence on our life and our jobs in the future. And so we're having those conversations on campus and trying to figure out how to at least move with the wave mm-hmm. and, and figure out how we can benefit our students, our businesses, and our communities. I've, I've got friends here in Wichita who have had a couple of children, kids, uh, college-age kids, go through Fort Hayes State. I'm, and I was curious, how do you recruit Wichita specifically in the, in the area? Uh, a, lot of good, a lot of good kids, a lot of kids, period, that, that want to go to college. How do you recruit? Well, of course, we do have our admissions counselors that do the outreach. We also work with high school counselors. Mm-hmm. So that has been, I think we have a lot of word of mouth, and that has been helpful. Um, and then we do, we've for, for a long time, we've done scholarship reception programs all over the state, including Wichita, which is one of our, our larger ones. And what that happens is starting in the winter semester, um, we give a lot of scholarships out to students. So we hold an event, we invite their, um, their families, and we bring our faculty, which is unheard of in a lot of colleges, <laughs> as well as myself and administrators, and we call them up, we take a picture with them, we give them a scholarship, and we celebrate them. But more importantly, that's when mom and dad and, and the traditional age students can sit and talk with our faculty. And um, some of the students are already committed, and so we celebrate them. Some of them are on the fence, and we have an opportunity in a very personal way to close the deal, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But it's all about, um, at Fort Hayes State, personal relationships and ethic of care. And it's something that we're very intentional about. And I think some of those outreach efforts really focus on the ethic of care. Mm-hmm. Well, continued best of luck to you. Tisa, thanks so much for joining me. Tisa Mason, president of Fort Hayes State University. Uh, Thanks for being here. Thank you. That's it for BizTalk this week, episode 339. Check out all our podcast episodes at our BizTalk hub. That's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. BizTalk is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe, and we hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Have a profitable week.